welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I want to say Happy New Year to everybody, a part of our church here in church or watching online on New Year's weekend. Can we welcome Apple Valley? Can we welcome everybody that's watching online right now and a couple of our campuses here in Minnesota? We welcome you. Thank you for being in church on New Year's weekend. We are going to the book of Luke in just a moment. The book of Luke chapter 2. And for those of you who were here on Christmas Eve, you're like, we were just there. And we're going there again on a New Year's message, Luke chapter 2. I do want to highlight things that we're doing in the life of our church. Things that I want to invite you to participate on over the next month. And that is SOAP, something that we do as a church is called SOAP. It's our daily Bible reading. This was announced at all of our campuses and you're hearing it again because I really want to make it clear that we as a church believe in daily engaging the word of God, that the word of God is living, it is active, it is relevant to our life today, even though it was written thousands of years ago. We're going to read the word of God every single day. It is the authority by which our lives are governed. It's, it's the way we live our life, by the word of God. It's the lamp unto our feet, the light unto our path. And SOAP is an acronym, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And in the month of January, we're here. In the month of January, we're going to read the New Testament together. And I want to invite you, maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've done that countless times over your years of following the Lord. But I want to invite you, you can do it. You can sit down and read, get your eyes on the paper, and you can read the New Testament. There's different ways with apps and things to be able to listen to the Word of God as well. I want to invite you on this journey of reading the greatest book of all time, the greatest story of all time, and that is the Bible. Let's read the New Testament together in January. Cool? We're going to look to just a second, just a second. I want to invite you to participate with us as a church in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And 21 days of prayer and fasting is a time where we give up something like food. And in the Bible, we see giving up food or drink for a period of time to then focus our attention and time in prayer with the Lord. And it is one of the greatest ways to start a brand new year. And I want to invite you to participate in 21 days of prayer and fasting starting January 9th. We're doing something as a church this year that we've never done before, and that is 6 a.m. prayer every single day. So listen, at every campus, we've got Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. prayer for one hour. I want to invite you here at Apple Valley, 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. Every Saturday at 9 a.m., we let you sleep in a little bit. And then on Sunday is our normal service times. If Apple Valley's not your home campus, for those of you that are watching online, at all of our locations, they're going to do that same schedule, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m., and Saturday at 9, and then Sunday, church services. Anybody in for some prayer 
some prayer and fasting, seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking first his righteousness, seeking the face of God more than the hand of God. And I love that old quote that when you seek the face of God, you will also get the hand of God. When you seek the hand of God, you'll miss the face of God and most likely the hand of God. And man, I want to seek the face of God. That's, that's what I'm after to get closer to God. I want to invite you to those things. Luke chapter two is the birth of Jesus, but we're going to verse 21. And this is when we see Jesus at 12 years old. And it's this progression. It makes sense to do this message right after Christmas But it definitely makes sense to do this message and to read this scripture starting a brand new year. And let's read this story together. If you grew up in church, it's a familiar story, but let's try to read it with fresh eyes. It says this, verse 41 through 52. Now Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, think about who you were when you were 12 years old. They went up according to custom, and when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. Think about that. A day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Think about it. Some of the teachers that he may have been listening to and then questioning and even answering question, they, the, the teachers that were amazed by this young boy may have been the same teachers that wanted to crucify him years later. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? And if I was him, I would have been like, well, why did you forget me? (laughs) He didn't say that. Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Think about that. Three days of great distress. It's like home alone. Three days of great distress. And it is interesting to think that there would be another three days in Mary's life in the future that would be of greater, greater distress And maybe a story like this is the Lord preparing her that one day her son would die before her eyes. And on the third day, he rose again. And he said to them, Jesus's response, why were you looking for me? It's funny, the angel of the Lord said at the the tomb, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Jesus responds as a 12-year-old boy, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth Nazareth, and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. That's the verse that we're talking about today. Verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom in stature, in favor with God and man. The title of this message is Jesus Grew, So Should You. Let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you for this time together. And I just feel in my spirit this hunger to grow, to grow closer to you, Lord, but to grow into the man of God I was called and created to be. And I feel that for our church, Lord. Help us grow. Help us grow into the man or the woman of God that you've called and created these men and women to be and to become. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us through your word the right way to grow in spiritual maturity. In our walk with you, Lord, help us grow. Help us become. Help us be who you've made us to be to accomplish all that you've asked us to accomplish. I just believe you have created each and every person with a purpose, with a destiny, with a plan on their life to impact the kingdom of God in a supernatural, specific, unique way. Lord, I pray that today as we begin a brand new year, you would help us learn how we can grow in spiritual discipline and spiritual maturity in closer relationship with you. Help us grow. In Jesus' name I pray, everybody said, amen. Amen. When I was 12, I was sent to the principal's office twice. I was reflecting in this message and I asked you to think about it too. Who were you at 12 years old? And uh, the first time, let me explain this. The first time uh, I I had longer hair back then and the first time I was in class, and I hit a rubber band around my head, under my hair, and I just began, while the teacher was teaching, just began uh, putting pencils in the rubber band and putting it just around my face, just, just kind of like, because of the long hair, it kind of looked like magical, like the pencils were just floating just around my face. And I started borrowing pencils of the neighbors left and right, front and back, while the teacher's trying to teach, not knowing that the principal was in the back of the room auditing or sitting in on the class to observe the teacher teaching, yet he was observing a 12-year-old idiot (laughs) screwing around in class. And I was brought by the principal himself, Mr. Fruit, God love him. He knew I was a pastor's kid and he loved the Lord and he walked me confidently to his office and had a great talking with me. Also when I was 12, uh, decided to take apart a microwave, which is what you do. And in a microwave, I don't know if you know this, as a 12 year old boy, it's pretty, it's pretty miraculous. There are giant magnets in microwaves. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So I brought that magnet to school to middle school and uh, the lockers are magnetic and I, I ran down the hallway with a magnet in my pocket and in my swishy pants and the magnet was stuck to the lockers and I w- would run down the hallway and you just hear all the way down the lockers and uh, ran past the principal's office and Mr. Fruit was standing in the door frame saying hey Kirk we need you to come on in Who I was at 12 years old, I don't know that it would have been described of me like it was described of Jesus, that Jesus was increasing, growing in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and with man. I was, I was uh, 
I, had a, I was creating a path towards prison and it was the opposite of growing in favor with God and with man. I was screwing around. Maybe that's your story here today. But I, I, love, I love that there's this example of Jesus, but also of the prophet Samuel and John the Baptist. There are verses that are a lot like Luke chapter two, verses 52, that the way that Jesus was described is also a similar way that Samuel was described, the similar way that John the Baptist was described. And I think that it's good for us to remember that God is growing our children and our teenagers. And it's one of the reasons we'll put our life on the line for the next generation, that it is possible as a young person to grow in wisdom, to grow in stature, to grow in confidence in the Lord, grow in in relationship with the Lord and grow in favor with God and man. The way that Jesus lived his life is a model for how we should live our life and not just looking at Samuel and John the Baptist, but looking at Jesus and then back to our own life as Christ followers, whether you're a new believer or you've been living for him forever and ever and ever. It is your call to grow, to increase in wisdom. You have, you will never arrive on this side of eternity. And I believe even on that side, because God is infinite, we will never just arrive. We don't get to heaven all knowing all of a sudden. We are continually increasing, continually growing. And on this side of eternity, I want to grow in wisdom. I want to grow in godly stature and countenance and the words that come out of my mouth. And I want to grow in favor with God and with man. Just for your notes, 1 Samuel 2.26 is that verse. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. John the Baptist, Luke chapter one, verse 80. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. And Jesus, in Luke chapter two, verses, verse 40, he gets two verses. Verse 40 says, the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Fast forward to 252, which is what we're focusing on. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. My life as a 12-year-old was not a lot like Jesus's, but I remember being sent to the principal's office and being repentant and remorseful. And I remember times as a 12-year-old kid being at Sunday night church. Anybody miss Sunday night church? Where you go, you know, we were there Sunday morning, then we go Sunday night, then we go Wednesday night. We got Bible studies during the week. It's all, it's all happening. This is pastor's kid life. I remember being at Sunday night church, laying on the floor, holding the legs of a chair, praying, God, God, grow me. God, help me. God, let me get closer to you. God, let me see you. God, I, I just think that that's awesome that we vacillate as humans. Like we're, we're not perfect, but we're being perfected. And even at 12, I can see all the dumb things that I did, but, but I also was hungry for the Lord. And as an adult, I, I may not be running down the hallway with a magnet in my pocket, but there are times that I fail and make mistakes, but my heart is God. I want to grow. I want to increase. I, I need your wisdom. I need your help. Would you grow me? Would you grow me closer to you? I want to grow in favor with God and I want to grow in favor with humanity, the people that I'm surrounded by and this, this ache in my heart. You know, we could have taught on Samuel. We could have taught on John the Baptist, but, but in 
in the research and study of this message, Luke 2.52 is all you need to teach on. And what it means to grow. How Jesus grew is how we should grow. And so let's, let's just talk this through, the words that are in that verse. This is spiritual growth, spiritual maturity. This is mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual increase in our life. The first thing is that, that, that he increased. There was, there was increase. Isn't it amazing that Jesus, who was at the beginning, who spoke the universe into existence, that God grew. Man, that's like, how, how does God grow? How did Jesus grow? And it's the mystery that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And it's just amazing. Obviously, when we celebrate at Christmas, Jesus in a manger, it's hard to, to see Jesus, the savior of the world, as an infant that needed a mother and a father to keep him alive. And our God grew. He increased. And that word increase in the Greek has the imagery of like, like cutting brush on a trail. Like, like it takes work. It's not passive. It's active. I got to get involved on this increase. And it's continual. It's not just, yes, I, I did increase. I did grow in wisdom and I've made it. But no, I'm continuing. I need to keep increasing. Keep growing. Keep coming alive. Keep being sanctified. Keep going after the Lord. Keep getting in the word of God. I need to keep increasing. And Jesus kept increasing. I.H. Marshall says this. That word increase is to make one's way forward by chopping away obstacles. It's like a pruning. To chop forward. To beat forward. To hack on. And it means it's strenuous. It's the imagery of physical activity rather than passive inactiveness. I want to increase. As we go into a brand new year, I want to grow. Do you want to grow? Where do you need to grow in your life and in your walk with the Lord? Well, Jesus, he increased in wisdom. In mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. When you think about growth, I think about those kind of areas of growth. And just in this one verse, I think there's an aspect of all those types of growth. By the way, physical growth and maturity, there's a spiritual aspect to that. Mental growth and maturity, there's a spiritual aspect to that. Emotional growth and maturity, there's a spiritual aspect to that. Things are spiritual. And in this verse, I think it touches all of those. First, wisdom. I think wisdom is a, there's a mental aspect to wisdom. I gotta grow in my mind. And wisdom is different than knowledge. Oscar Wilde says this, with age comes wisdom, but sometimes age comes alone. And I, I love that Luke, he just wants to make it clear that Jesus is growing in age, but also in wisdom. And maybe it would have been described of me, yeah, he's getting older, the wisdom is not coming along for the journey. Like we gotta, we gotta get the wisdom coming along. And as we grow as Christ followers in our relationship with the Lord, I don't wanna just say I've been serving Jesus 10 years or I've been serving Jesus 20 years and still be the same person I was 10 or 20 years ago. I want to grow in wisdom. I wanna grow mentally with mental strength. First Corinthians 1.30 talks about the growth 
of wisdom in Jesus Christ. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus who became to us, he became to us the wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus became to us wisdom from God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Side note, Jesus is also the word of God. And so if you want to grow in wisdom, get in the word. That'll preach. So if Jesus grew in wisdom, so should you. James 1.5. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Ask for wisdom. Ask the Lord. I know when I look at the last year, there were moments where I needed the wisdom of God. I did not have the answer. I did not have the solution. I may have in different situations had the knowledge or even the experience to be in the position of decision-making that I was in, but there, there, there's moments in life that you need the wisdom of God and you go, I am in over my head. I need an answer from heaven. God, where are you? God, would you give me wisdom? God, would you show up? Would you speak to me? In any way, shape, or form, I'm looking for an answer from heaven. And I know that there are people, a part of our church even right now, entering a brand new year that are in that position right now, saying, I, I have racked my brain. I, I have tried everything. I cannot come to a solution. I do not know the answer. God, I need your help. And I love that the Bible says, when you lack wisdom, go to the Lord. He will give it freely and generously. God will give you wisdom. Proverbs 13, verse 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. So who are you walking with? Are you asking the Lord for wisdom? But then who are you spending your time with and who are you walking with? If you're lacking wisdom, get around some people that are wise. I love that 12-year-old Jesus goes to the priests to the leaders, to the rabbis, and he's inquiring of them. He's, he's asking questions, and they're asking questions of him, and there's this exchange that goes back and forth. And I love that the God of the universe, uh, fully God and fully man, puts himself, positions himself in front of people that may know more than him. We need to have the humility to position ourselves around people that may have more experience, more time, more... Uh, failures, more successes that have wisdom. And I remember there was an acceptance speech years ago from some, some actor saying, call your parents, call your parents, call your parents. And I don't know what your parents are like, um, if you had good parents or terrible parents or if they're still alive. But one, you should call your parents to tell them you love them and to say thank you. But two, there's a lot of you that you need to call your parents for wisdom. Call your parents, say, mom, dad, this is the situation I'm in and I need your help. And are you positioned as a Christ follower to be a mom or to be a dad spiritually to somebody else, opening up your life, your home, your phone number to get that call and to be able to give wisdom. Let's position ourselves to grow in wisdom so that we can give wisdom. Proverbs 3, 13 through 18 says this about wisdom. 
Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Those who hold wisdom are called blessed. Oswald Sanders, this is the last thing on wisdom. I just believe it. There's people that need wisdom and God's gonna give it. Oswald Sanders says this, if knowledge comes by study, wisdom comes by Holy Spirit filling. And we can, we can read all the books we want to read. We can watch all the YouTube videos we want to watch. We can ask open AI all the questions and artificial intelligence is going to be our friend. We'll see. But sometimes we need to stop all the studying and we need to go to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me again? I need a word from heaven. I don't need a word from Google. I don't need a word from OpenAI. I don't need a word from Twitter. I need a word from heaven. And so sometimes, this is for the college students, sometimes you stop studying. They're like, oh yeah, let's go. Sometimes in life, when you're working through something difficult, you stop studying, you say, I need to, I, I've been looking for every answer in every book and in every conversation and everywhere I can search on the internet, I'm looking for the answer. And sometimes you just need to stop that and you need to go to God who is in heaven, who will freely give wisdom. It's the last thing on wisdom. Let's move forward. Everybody good? Mentally, you got to grow, but physically and emotionally, you got to grow as well. And in this, Jesus grew in stature. What is stature? I, I think it's, it, there's, there, it's his physicality. He's, he's literally growing and becoming bigger. He's, he's growing up. He's getting older. Physically, he is growing, but also in his countenance and in his maturity and how he comes across to others. And you and I need to grow in stature, not just in wisdom, but we need to grow in stature. You will grow up, yes, physically. You need to take care of your physical body because don't you know that it's a temple of the Holy Spirit? That's what the Bible says. You got to take care of yourself physically, but you got to learn to have a countenance that is powered and fueled by the Holy Spirit that even on your worst day, you can have the peace and the joy of the Lord. You can focus on others rather than focusing on yourself. And I'm not talking about neglect and, and neglecting self-care and making sure that you're, no, you should make sure that you're healthy and connected to the vine who is Jesus. But you need to take care of your physical body. You need to grow in your countenance. You need to watch what comes out of your mouth. You need to grow in your stature, not just wisdom, but stature. Jesus grew and we need to grow. We need to stay healthy, keep our bodies healthy, but not just physically in regards to what we eat and our activity, but also in our purity. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, or do, not, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have from God? This verse is in the context of purity. You are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. 
in your countenance. Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I love that the Lord, he, he will put his countenance upon you and his countenance is peace. Let's grow in peace. Matthew nine thirty six. When he saw the crowds, Jesus, he had compassion. His, his countenance was compassion. And maybe that's not what you see when you think about who God is. But Jesus looks on you who are far from him with compassion. It says he has compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. For those of you that are in the family of God, Christ followers, the Lord bless you and keep you. May he put his countenance upon you that you may have peace. For those of you that are far, the countenance towards you is compassion. Like sheep without a shepherd. And he's the, he's the good shepherd that leaves the 99 to find the one and he's going after you right now. And the countenance that you see when you think about who God is, it might be, it might be an angry countenance. It might be a heavy countenance. It might be through the lens of the, the abuse or the neglect or the difficulty that you've gone through in your life, but you need to know those of you who are far from God, he looks at you with compassion. He wants to rescue you, save you, forgive you, make you new, bring you back into the fold. His countenance, and if that's God's countenance, that's the countenance we should carry. That's how we should live our life. You need to grow in wisdom and in stature, taking care of your physical body and living in purity, your countenance, watching the words that come out of your mouth and you need to grow. If Jesus grew in favor with God, he is God, then we should grow in favor with God and with man as well. A great definition of grace, I love this, is both the desire and the ability to do the will of God. Favor in this verse could be translated grace. Jesus grew in grace with God and with man. And the definition of grace is the desire. I want to grow in the desire and I want to grow in the ability to do what is the will of God. Jesus was growing in his desire and his ability being fully God, yes, and being full, fully man, yes, he grew in his desire and ability to do the will of God. How many times do you see him talking? I got to do the will of the Father. I got to do the will of the Father. Even in the garden, right before going to the cross, God, not my will, but yours be done. He was, he was growing, increasing, and I want to go into a brand new year. I want to grow in wisdom. I want to grow in stature, but I want to grow in grace to do the will of God. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. If you want to spiritually mature, if you want to grow in this next year, if you want to increase, it has everything to do with obedience. Mom, why were you looking left and right? The angel said to the Marys, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Don't you know I... I gotta be in my father's house, mom. He was obeying the father. He, it was obedience. And I wanna increase, but the only way I can increase is to say, I'm gonna obey everything you've asked me to do. 
I want to I increase. I want to grow. It has a lot to do with obedience. Where are you today? Do you need wisdom that comes from heaven? He'll give it. Do you need to grow in your ability to watch your tongue? To not let your head hang? To be full of the joy of the Lord? To take care of your physical body? He's going to give you the ability to do it. Do you want to grow in grace? To know and do the will of God? He's going to give you the ability. God, would you make clear to me what is your will? And would you give me by the power of the Holy Spirit the ability to do, to do it? To do everything you ask me to do. Lord, I pray right now over every person, a part of our church, as we begin a brand new year. And we, we've just wrapped an incredible year where over 3,000 people gave their lives to you, Jesus. We celebrate that. But as we begin a brand new year, if we want to see more people added to the kingdom of God, it's going to take a church, every individual, that says, I am in to do the will of the Father. I'm in for increase. For increase of wisdom. For increase in purity. Increase of taking it serious that I am a temple of the Holy Spirit that the living God resides in me. I'm in for increase in the favor and the grace. God, help me live in your grace. And if the grace is lifting in my life, in a job, in a neighborhood, in a decision, in our activities, in our spending, if you're leading us a different direction, Lord, I pray that I would obey. I would obey. I would do your will. I pray that over our church, Lord, that we would live in your grace. We would grow in your grace. And above everything else, we're going to obey. We're going to do the will of the Father. Help us do that in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.